0: Shalom, I'm Rabbi Scott. Welcome to the ministry of Beth Yeshua Messianic Synagogue in Fort Myers, Florida. We hope and pray that this teaching will be a blessing to you. If you would like to support our ministry, please go to our website, www.bethyeshuafla.com to donate online, or we can accept your donation over text. Please text the word GIVE to the number 239 747 Seven five two six. Thank you for your support. Blessings and shalom. Uh, Shabbat shalom. We'll begin with that. When I was in my early twenties, I had, like all of us in our, my faith was young. All of us had perplexities and questions for Adonai, things we'd work on and try to figure out. And one of the ones that I remember asking Adonai about is why would he run the risk that suffering might bring about the failure of someone's faith? Why would Adonai run the risk of somebody's faith being compromised or being injured or being destroyed? Why would Adonai allow circumstances that might destroy somebody's faith. Because, let's be honest, sometimes circumstances are pretty incredible. If Adonai allows suffering, it goes like this. If Adonai allows suffering, that means that he might allow a disease, and that disease might end in death or blindness or paralysis. That would be a tragedy. If Adonai allows suffering, this means he allows human beings to make mistakes and sometimes those mistakes affect other people if you make a mistake at your job you may lose your job it may affect your family you may lose your house that would be a tragedy or, or maybe an easier and more tragic example you may make a mistake on the interstate and in your momentary negligence cause a family to be injured or broken or maybe somebody in your own family Or someone to die. If Adonai allows suffering and some of that suffering is going to challenge your faith and sometimes, we just have to be honest, sometimes our faith doesn't survive very well. At least temporarily. Sometimes people receive a trauma that breaks them the loss of a spouse, the loss of a child. These are things that will cha- challenge your faith. And I, I, I asked I? why would you allow this? Why would you allow suffering to the point that I might fail, that I might stumble? You see, you don't go very far down the journey of knowing out on I without confronting this reality this possibility and it, it remains the topic that is probably one of the most difficult to deal with when bad things happen to good people is the way some people describe it i don't know that i would really categorize it that way bad things happen to all people what do we receive from the hand of Adonai? We receive good. Every good and perfect gift comes from the hand of Adonai. We receive blessings. And if you believe in kind of the middle road of theology, you believe that at least in some capacity Adonai is in charge of everything or nearly everything. There's some Mary on the fringes of both sides, right? Yeah, we, we we grapple with these things. But for the most part, the middle sort of broad path, bell curve, believes that Adonai is at least in charge, at least allows bad things to happen. When I was very young, I came up with a quote. Life is often difficult, often painful, and sometimes both. I'll give you some insight into my frame of mind when I was in my 20s very pessimistic it's very negative sounds like I was clinically depressed life is often difficult often painful and sometimes both it was it was actually it was absolutely an expression of that negativity it was absolutely an expression of that sort of despair because that was the only way I had to answer this question God why would you be willing to run the risk that my faith might be in the balance or that somebody else's might be in the balance. Romans chapter 11, verse 33, it says this, Oh, the depth of the riches, both the wisdom and the knowledge of God. And, and, and this is kind of going to the heart of, of, of where you end up in this discussion. Adonai knows everything His knowledge covers everything his wisdom applies to everything and at some point when you're grappling with these issues you come to the end of yourself because you can't make sense of it you can't make sense of the justice you can't make sense of the injustice you come to the end of yourself and a person of faith says okay then Adonai must have something going on in the background that I don't know about. There must be a wisdom here. There must be a knowledge here. There must be a purpose and meaning here. Because on, here's, here's the dilemma. You start out believing God is good. All of us probably started out with a version of God is good. I mean, that's, that's kind of the entry point to a relationship with God. God is love. God is good. But, but Adonai is only good if he's in control. And so you have to make that step very, very quickly. So all of us kind of come to those two places very, very quickly. And then we begin to deal with circumstances and how our circumstances or the circumstances of people around us lay into that matrix of God is good and God is in control. And the answer to that conundrum or perplexity if you will is the depths of the riches both the wisdom and the knowledge of god from romans 11 continuing how unsearchable are his judgments how incomprehensible his ways for who has known the mind of adonai who has been his counselor who has given to him that it should be repaid to him verse 36 for from him and through him and to him are all things to him be the glory forever all things come from adonai and all things return to don't From the trials of life, including the sufferings and traumas and difficulties, if we are to take this literally and accept this, the word of God, then we have to believe somewhere in our hearts. that the incomprehensible ways of Adonai are just and true and good. Including the sufferings and the traumas and the difficulties. And this this is where it all begins to really grind together. Isaiah chapter 48 says this, Behold, I have refined you, not as silver. I have tested you in the furnace of affliction. Somehow we come to the place in our journey where we see at least some of our struggle, some of our trials, are at the express purpose of Adonai. And we read this, I tested you in the furnace of affliction. Let's put that on one side of the table and put on the other side of the table the book of Yaakov, James, chapter 1. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, from whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. We have to be honest. In the middle of these two statements, in the middle of this spectrum, if you will, is our faith. I spoke briefly about systematic theology last week, about how the book of Job cannot be used to build a systematic theology. It's not its purpose. Rather, the book of Job is a story, a story about a very real man, a real story about a real man with very real struggles, just like us. In the honest, real consideration of your life, your blessings, your trials, your hardships, your sufferings, the abundant, and unearned, and undeserved times, when you were blessed beyond explanation, and then the unearned, undeserved times, when you received the injustices or the persecutions or the injuries. Yes, an honest view of your life will confirm both these experiences of undeserved suffering and undeserved blessing. Both, if your theology can handle it, at the hand of Adonai. This is your story. Your story, just as Job has had a story. It is yet to be completely written. Here's a good way to say it. Your story is authored by Adonai. But it's revised and edited by you. What do you do with a book, with a manuscript? You take it to the publisher and you give it to them. Sometimes they give it back and say, rewrite pages 14 through 95. Something like that. Or consider doing something completely different. <laughs> Sometimes they don't say anything. Uh, or they just go ahead and change it. Uh, magazine sub- submissions. They just change your work. They just rewrite it for you to make it fit what they want it to say or, or so on and so forth. We're the editor of our story. Adonai is the author. He has this plan of our lives. And then he gives it to us, and we manage it. It's as if you are the editor and publisher, as if Adonai has handed you an epic novel for you to decide its final form. Because it is a story, a living, breathing, active, incomplete, unfinished story of you, which is your faith, which is your spirituality. There is this, the judgment day, the day of judgment, the Yom Hadin. In Deuteronomy chapter 11, it says this, it is a land your Adonai your God cares for. It says this, the eyes of Adonai your God are always on it from the beginning of the year up to the end of the year. What was the beginning of the year to the end of the year in the Hebrew calendar, of course, the Yom Teruah, the Rosh Hashanah. In Psalm 81, we have this picture of Adonai. Verse 4, blow the shofar at the new moon or the full moon. For the day of our festival, for it is a decree for Israel, an ordinance for the God of Jacob. And then you go on to read the balance of Psalm 81, and it's a rendering judgment upon Israel. What initiates this judgment? It is the presentation of Israel on this day, the day of the full moon, the day of the festival, which is the Rosh Hashanah. This is why the sages tell us that Yom Teruah is a Yom Hadin, a day of judgment, when all is presented to Adonai for judgment. When the sons of Adonai, as representatives of mankind, that is, the sons of Adonai, a a reference to what we would call the angelic host, the angels, they as messengers, as representatives of mankind, are presented to Adonai. And it is that this is the court of heaven in that sense. This is where the judgments are made. The reason the Satan is there is because it is his job to accuse We see in chapter 1 of Job, first all of Job's animals and herds were destroyed. Prompted by the accusation of the Satan, the accuser. We see that all his servants were put to death. His sons and daughters were killed. Then we have this line from Job, chapter 1. And Job got up, tore his robe, shaved his head, fell to the ground and worshipped. Verse 21, he says, naked I came from my mother's womb naked I will return there Adonai gave and Adonai is taken away blessed be the name of Adonai through all this Job did not sin nor did he cast reproach on God meaning he didn't blame God he didn't say anything negative about God Job seems to be holding his faith seems to be intact and look how the story develops in chapter 2 again the day came when the sons of God came to present themselves before Adonai and the Satan also arrived among them to present himself before Adonai. The commentators indicate that this is probably a year later because it's the same day, it's the same presentation, it's the same day of judgment when the angels came to present. The Satan answered Adonai says to uh, the Satan, where are you coming from? The Satan answered Adonai, from roaming the earth and from walking on it. Then Adonai said to the Satan, "Have you noticed my servant Job? There is no one like him on the earth—a blameless and upright man who fears God and spurns evil. We've seen this before. And look what Adonai says of Job after a year of his loss. He still holds firmly to his integrity. He still holds firmly to his integrity." Now, now, nothing surprises Adonai. He knew how Job was going to react. But Adonai would point out he's still holding faith. He's still strong. Comma, though you incited me against him to ruin him without any reason. Again, this Job is an unusual person. This is truly an undeserved trial, an undeserved suffering. The Satan replies to Adonai, saying, Skin for skin, a man will give up all he has for his own life. But now stretch out your hand and strike his bone in his flesh, and he will certainly curse you to your face. Adonai said to the Satan, Very well, he is in your hand, only spare his life. He had his integrity. His faith has not stumbled. stumbled, he's not wavered in spite of all the trial, the loss of his children, including. But now his very life, Job's very life, is going to be attacked by the enemy at the permission of Adonai. And we have these descriptions of dry sores and oozing boils. And in verse 9 of chapter 2, his wife says to him, Are you still holding firmly to your integrity? Curse God and die. I think it's interesting that the wife was not taken. He lost his sons and daughters, but he still had the wife. Uh, is probably dealing with her own loss at this point, we have to be honest. He says to her, you speak as any foolish woman would speak. There appears to be some tension in this relationship. You speak as any foolish woman would speak, should we accept the good from from God and not accept the bad? And then we have this line, Through all this, Job did not sin with his lips. Now, for me, what I see here is the first expression, the first crack in the foundation of Job's faith. It says he did not sin with his lips. Earlier, before he became sick, it says through all this, Job did not sin. Now it says he did not sin with his lips. So we have a development. A little bit of a change there. What's happening? Is his heart beginning to stumble? Is his faith beginning to waver? And sure enough, Job begins to challenge Adonai, the despair of his life on life, to curse the day which he was born. In verse 10, it says in the Hebrew, and I'm not a Hebrew scholar by any means, so I'll butcher this, I'm sure, but... Um, all this is readily available with any amount of study. Gam et hatov nechabel me-et ha et hara lo nechabel. Shall we accept, uh, typically rendered, shall we accept good from the bad? But we've got that gam, in the Hebrew gam, which means moreover, or additionally, or also, or thus, can be rendered that way. And most translations translating this do not include anything, they don't do anything with the gum. They just say that Job says, should we accept the good and not accept the bad? So what is the gum? It can also be rendered, shall we also accept good from Elohim and not accept bad? What an unusual way of saying it. Shall we also accept good and not accept bad? You're be- normally, when we say this, we would say something like, "Shall I accept the sunshine but not the rain?" What would I be saying if I said that? I, I'm saying, I, I'm saying that I prefer the, the 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 sunshine, but it's raining and I should accept that. I, I shouldn't be upset at the rain. I should. I can prefer the blessing, but I should accept the, the rain, which would be the judgment. I should accept both. The implication being that both come from Adonai, therefore both are somewhat good in, in some capacity. What if I said, shall I also accept the sunshine and not the rain? What is my criticism there? What, do you see what, what am I trying to say? There's a subtle shift there. Shall I also accept the sunshine and not the rain? Gam in Hebrew means also. And it speaks to us of the nature of Tov and Ra. This Gum is good and evil. Job has found himself in the emotional threshold of evil, of wickedness. His life is raw, bad. It is not Tove. It is not good. That's become where he lives. Job is operating from that perspective. He's operating from suffering. He's operating from a perspective of bad. His starting point is bad as a result of this trauma. In other words, I'm living a bad life. What, shall I also accept good? In other words, bad is the standard. De Regeur, my daily portion. This is my new portion. This is what I know. Or should I ever see good again? Shall I also accept good as I've accepted bad? And this is a reason I dwell on this a little bit. I think we all go there when bad things happen. There's a tendency, especially in my mind, when something bad happens to think, my life is no longer as it was. This is the new normal. There's a tendency to not see beyond the end of your vision and to think, well, this is all it's ever going to be. Remember what Jacob told Pharaoh when he met Pharaoh? Long and sorrowful have been the days of my life. Would he also accept good from Adonai if it were offered? I think we need to be honest about the tendency to run to negativity, to despair, to despondency and depression. But I want to take this another step. This isn't just a, a reprimand for and thinking or negativity when you deal with life's trials because I think the reason that the story of job is the story it's obviously very specifically written is I think there's a there's a deeper journey that is waiting us if we're willing to do it So why do we do this? Why do we run to the negativity? The short answer is because we have free will, because we're free to do what we want to do. In response to the circumstances of life at the hand of Adonai, in response to the suffering, in response to the difficulties, we've already talked about how all of our circumstances are at least in some part authored or, or originating or allowed by Adonai. In response to the circumstances of life at the hand of Adonai, we have this free will moment to engage with the trial and the suffering in whatever way we like. Isn't that the joke with the glass is half empty, the glass is half full? Right? I mean, choose what, how you're going to handle your difficulty. That's either, you know, there, there might be a blessing, there might be a, a judgment in here, but I'm choosing to see it in the best light. That is an expression of, the free will response to that moment. We, we tend to make a theological statement about it. In other words, when, when trials or sufferings come, we tend to respond with a theological statement. What's a theological statement? God is in control. There's your theology. And, and isn't that how we comfort others who are going through suffering? God is in control. Or sometimes God loves you. And he's going to show himself to you during this. But do you see there's, there's a lot of theology going in there, right? It's just, it's almost just a theological statement. At the heart of this is this amazing creation of free will in the heart and the mind of humankind. Remember the phrase, I think, therefore I am. It's, a, uh, it's in philosophy. I'm not sure who said it originally. But th- this phrase, I think, therefore I am. Uh, it begins with the I. It's only five words, but it's a very powerful phrase. I, which is the identity, the human. And the next word is think. Well, already we've got a compartmentalization. It's the I, it's this me, human. The human, think. So it's the human who is existing and then engaging in an activity. But the engagement of the activity, think, is with dealing with things at arm's length level. In other words, my car breaks down. I, the person, think. I'm going to process the fact that my car broke down. Or in a terrible example, my child has died. My child has perished. I think. In other words, I'm going to process this thing. But do you see that there is a separation between that? I think therefore. So after having thought, there is a therefore I'm going to do or be something as a result of my processing something. And then, of course, in this case, I think, therefore, I am. But do you see the machinations of that? Do you see that that's machine-like? It's data input, process, decision-making, output. And there's such removal and disconnection. The therefore is a result of this. I have measured, I have considered, I have studied, I have grappled with a truth. I've grappled with a circumstance. And I've made a change. My identity now is the product of, of the, the pre-me and the post-me. I think, therefore, I am. I have a new identity based on my processing. Okay, so let's put all that to the side. Consider Adonai. Adonai is all-knowing. Adonai would never think, say, I think, therefore, I am. What did he say? He said, I am. He knows everything, therefore he is never the product of his thoughts. I, the Lord, do not change. He's never the product of his thoughts. His thoughts are his identity. Therefore, he doesn't wrestle and grapple with something like we do. Because he doesn't change his identity based on any circumstances. He doesn't change his identity based on anything that's going on around him. His ways are always perfect and just. He has the expression of sovereignty. But his expression of sovereignty is not in response to circumstances. It's who he is. It's his identity. He is what he thinks. And he thinks his thoughts are expressions of who he is. We as humankind are created in his image. Therefore, we are a kind of free will expression of him. This was necessary, this free will was necessary in order to give authenticity to our love, to allow us to love. We we, we have to have a choice in our love. We have to have a choice to respond to him. Otherwise, it wouldn't be free will. Free will must have its head, it must have its reins. Job was the pinnacle of a disciplined, godly free will. He was the ultimate achievement, the ultimate accomplishment of free will. His children, who had parties and revelries, had free will, and Job chose his free will to atone and sacrifice for his children. But there's always a polarity to free will. In other words, free will can. Well, let me say it this way. So, before the beginning, Adonai. Adonai is spirit. He's a different, he is other, he is holy, he is a different substance than this. And out of his substance which is his spirit which is his spirituality out of that otherness he brought forth this reality it begins with the heavens and the earth the light and so on and so forth so we are created out of him and his substance and we are a physicality out of his spirituality if you could say it that way we are physical out of His Spirit. He brought forth physical out of the Spirit. We are created in His image, which means we are to bring forth into the spiritual, Or, I'm sorry, we are to bring forth into the physical out of the Spirit. When we are dealing with trauma and trial and suffering, What we have a tendency to do, and this is an expression of the fallen free will, is we have a tendency to take the physical, our circumstances, and try to bring forth something in the spiritual. That is, I've experienced something that's a suffering in the physical, therefore I make a spiritual conclusion out of it that affects my spirituality, that affects my faith, that affects my relationship with Adonai. My spirit life now is, is being brought forth out of my physical life. And it was never meant to be that way. In the image of Adonai, we were to bring forth from the spirit, which is our connection to him, into the physical. And some people express this in terms of declaration. Some people go around declaring healing and declaring things, um, declaring justice, these, these sort of things. Uh, this is what you hear in certain circles of the, the kingdom of adonai this is not exactly what i'm talking about all of us have an impact in the physical realm around us if we come out of our spirit that is aligned with adonai living and expressing from that place then we'll bring forth life and truth in the physical if we come out of our flesh, which is a product of this fallen physical world, and if we try to impact the spiritual, we're always going to get it wrong. This world, the fallen world, the physical world, how do we know this? Because when a person becomes sick, their faith can stand and hold. You can become sick and not have your faith waver one little bit. And there are some, I'm sure, who've, who've gone through incredible trials, and their faith never wavered. Job's did. But I'm sure there's some who, who, who have a faith way better than mine, and your faith doesn't waver at all. Do you see? We all acknowledge that that's possible. Why is that possible? Because the physical is a servant to the spiritual. Do you see that? Unless we flip it and we say, well, because of my circumstances, because of my suffering, now I look at all this theology that I thought I believed, God is good, God is in control, and there must be a flaw in the ointment somewhere. There must be a, a, a qualification. God is good for you, but not for me. God is in control for you, but not for me. You see that? That's a theological statement. carries huge implications. Right? I mean, I understand the knee-jerk reaction. I understand the emotions in that moment. Likewise, when a person is sick, their faith can become rattled. Or when they go through suffering, their faith can become rattled and devastated. this is why i say if you can see the the, the, this image this paradigm where what comes out of the spiritual which is the truth of god and allow that to impact the physical which is your circumstances so what is it i'm asking you to do there are people who are watching us online some of you in this room have dealt with huge trials and difficulties losses and tragedies and here i am popping off with some sort of vague indistinct idea and you're scratching your head thinking how do i do this and this is what i submit to you and this is why i believe job is so important for us to help to help us understand this is that Job went down that road of blaming Adonai, of accusing Adonai. Job went down the road of his circumstances affecting and impacting the spiritual, his spirituality, his spiritual connection with Adonai. He went down that road for a little while. But the end of that road is chaos and loneliness and confusion. And then Adonai stepped in and Adonai reminded him, like we talked about from from Romans 11, this in the beginning, the depth of the riches, both the wisdom and the knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and incomprehensible his ways. And then Job was able to refocus and come back. And it says at the end of the book, he repented. It says he repented. Repenting is changing your direction, about face, 180 degrees. And this is what I would say. If you have suffered, if you've had a trial, if you've had a tragedy in your life, yes, you're going to process this. And your free will is going to come into play. And you're going to have a decision to make as to what side of this paradigm you want to invest where you want to live. And it's going to be difficult for you. I get that. It's going to be very difficult for you. It was difficult for Job. And this is why I call it a story and not a theology. It's going to be a journey. It's going to be a journey of going down that road of free will which begins in the the physical and tries to grapple with the spiritual until you realize this doesn't work. Adonai is the only one who can figure this all out. The only one who can understand all this. is the only one with wisdom and understanding for all this. And then you begin to turn around. That's the journey that is necessary in order to Process suffering it is the reality of a human story. We begin with our trial, our suffering, and we swing down the road of focusing on the physical, the circumstances. We demand that Adonai submit to the trial, our trial of accusations, the accusations of our circumstances. We demand Adonai be judged. We demand that the spiritual be judged by the physical even to say it another way we demand that the spirit be judged by the physical when rather it is the spiritual that teaches and instructs and brings understanding to the physical remember at the beginning of this when I was talking about that Adonai brought forth life out of his spirit he brought forth life out of himself, his essence. As you overcome the physical with the spiritual, as you determine this paradigm, you will bring forth life from the spiritual to the physical because you are made in the image of Adonai. This is not something you need a clever prayer for not something you need a specially worded blessing for it comes about in your faithfulness and your truthfulness of the processing of your trials and sufferings do you have john 7 matthew On the last and greatest day of the feast, Yeshua stood up and cried out loudly, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. What does that mean? It's obviously not to be taken literally. What does that mean? It's a metaphor for connecting to the Spirit. Let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture says, out of his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. As you connect to him, you will begin to impact. You'll begin to bring forth life. You will have an effect in the physical. And now you're functioning the way Adonai created you to function. You're bringing forth life. He said this about the Ruach, whom those who trusted him were going to receive. And when they heard these words, some of the crowd said, this man is really the prophet. Others were saying this is the Messiah still. Others were saying the Messiah doesn't come from Galilee, does he? Notice how quickly they devolve into a discussion of the theology. The Messiah is not supposed to come from Galilee. What does that mean? It's the physical trying to affect or impact the spiritual. Yeshua is saying, look, this is the truth of it. Come to me and out of you will flow rivers of living water. And they want to get into a discussion on, on prophecy. So this is what I offer you. It's not something that needs special secret. It's the living of your life. It's the processing of your faith. It's giving yourself permission to grieve and to mourn. It's giving yourself permission to be angry. And, and, and I find myself just as indignant as Job was with his, his, his three friends and the, and the other one. Because we have to have permission to take this journey. But I'm just submitting to you that the end of that journey is connecting with the Spirit. Yeshua said this, these rivers of living water were about the Spirit that some were going to receive who hadn't received it yet. It's connecting to that and out of that Spirit allowing that to affect your circumstances. Now here's the dilemma. Immediately your flesh is going to get involved and say, okay, I've connected with the Spirit. How come I'm not healed? I've connected with the Spirit. Why don't I have a new job? I've connected with the Spirit. Why didn't I get my way? Sorry, your story's not over yet because what you did is you started to connect with the free will side of doing it the way Adonai would have us do it, which is to bring forth life in the physical out of the spiritual. We started to do that and then we got focused, we got distracted by our circumstances again. And now we're stuck back in the physical, trying to get the spiritual to change according to the demands of the physical. Yeah, it's it's going to be a trial. It's going to be a, a task to keep your faith and your focus. But this is part of the story, is the journey of of growing in that and learning to do that. This is what it means to receive from the hand of Adonai. What is it that uh, what is it that Job received from the hand of Adonai? The death of his children? The the, the loss of his his flocks and herds and cattle? This is the mystery of it. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of heavenly lights. Every good and perfect gift is that connection to the Spirit of God. I will see the creative power of Adonai as I overcome my circumstances with faith. I will see the creative power of Adonai as I overcome my circumstances with faith. The new life that will come out of the Spirit will be first in me, in my changed heart, and that I will not make demands of the Spirit based on the physical, but I will connect first with the Spirit to see the impact in the physical. The promise is clear. I've come that you might have life. Yeshua is going to bring forth life in us. We get so distracted with our worldly needs and our our circumstances, and, 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 and I agree, the tragedies are incredible. We get so distracted by those things that we don't see what that real abundant life was supposed to be. the creative power of Adonai is not defined by my circumstances. Rather, it is expressed by my faith in my circumstances. Again, the creative power of Adonai is not defined by my circumstances. It is expressed by my faith in and through my circumstances. This will be the first miracle. Is just being able to connect with that eye, in spite of the trials, in spite of the suffering. That will be the first thing to change. When I realized, you know, the the, the comment from my from my twenties, I said life is often difficult, often painful, and sometimes both. It's, it's rather clever, isn't it? It, it? It's depressing when I when I realized that overcoming my circumstances was found in connecting with him and had nothing to do with my circumstances anymore. And then it doesn't matter what my circumstances are. Now, the truth of the matter is, if, if we're talking about the loss of a child, loss of a spouse, these things are going to be painful. And we see that in Job. We see that after getting sick, he didn't sin with his lips. We see his face start to waver. We see him curse the day that he was born. Yes, that's, that's part of this. If, if I can say it, that's allowed in order for you to be authentic, in order for you to be real, just so long as you find the dead end, the cul-de-sac, if you will, of free will in demanding that your circumstances affect the spiritual. You can go down that journey a little ways. And hopefully you make the U-turn eventually and come into a deeper knowledge of Adonai's love for you and his connection with you and his compassion with you. And that is the truth of it. There is no theological conclusion that's going to give me comfort. If you've lost a spouse or a child or a parent, there is no comfort in theology. There's only comfort in connecting with Adonai and with his people. So I offer you this, we're gonna spend one more week in Job. We have one more way to look at it, if you will. Um, But we are a community and and consider also this, that the expressions of Adonai are in our community, and our fellowship. And if you can find places within the kingdom of God, within our fellowship to communicate, to share, to connect on these things, whether it be your circumstances or whether it be your tragedies. Yeah, we can, we can, we find it hard to be vulnerable sometimes. But if we can get past the vulnerabilities and learn how to be vulnerable and learn how to love each other and support each other, not with theology, but with the real comfort of the Spirit. If you come to me with your sorrow and your sadness, hopefully I don't consider a pithy Bible verse to be real comfort, but rather it's a journey that we'll walk through. And I guarantee if we can walk through that in faith, we will see the love and comfort of the Spirit in Adonai. Shabbat Shalom.